Well, my friends, today we celebrate the Solemnity of the Epiphany, which normally would be celebrated January 6th, and throughout much of the world is still celebrated on January 6th. So it's the 12th day of Christmas, which is where the song 12 Days of Christmas comes from, um, but that we uh, in America transfer it to the Sunday before um, because people are already having taken a day off for a holy day of obligation at normal times on Christmas and on New Year's Day, January 1st, uh, maybe hard-pressed at work to get another day off because this would definitely be another holy day of obligation. So uh, it's transferred on Sunday, and so we celebrate it today, the Solemnity of the Epiphany. But on, De- on January 6th, even if you're at work, whatever you're doing, be sure to celebrate then too. Um, but we're, we got the Epiphany today, the Epiphany, which is another kind of unpacking of the gift that we receive at Christmas and the reality of what that is. And there's three points that we can consider under today. The first is just the very nature of the feast, the epiphany, the title of the feast, which is that God makes himself known to us, that God manifests himself, that he came in silence on that Christmas night in Bethlehem, but that it's not like he just stayed hidden and if you happen to find him, good for you. Rather, God made himself known. You have the angels proclaiming to the shepherds who then go and see. And now today you have the wise men. Um, the, the, we call them the three kings, but they weren't kings. They were probably um, astronomers and they would be more akin to what we have as like college professors today. They were wise. Uh, they, were, they were learned. They were probably teachers um, or, and students and they followed the stars. So they're a little bit more like university professors um, in their style. But they, um, that they're made, they, they follow the star. They follow what's going on. Uh, and that they, they're paying attention. And that they too find the Lord. Because God isn't hiding himself. He's making himself known. Now the epiphany is actually three different mysteries in the, um, in the gospel traditions. Now we really focus on the visit of the Magi. However, uh, the Epiphany also uh, commemorates what we're going to celebrate next weekend, and we'll talk about it then, with the baptism of our Lord, and then as well the wedding feast at Cana, when our Lord changes water into wine as his first miracle, that God makes himself known in his Epiphany. He makes himself known by his miracles. He makes himself known in the sacraments, which we'll talk about next week at his baptism, and he makes himself known um, through through nature and through creation, which we have today, that the wise men are following the star. They're following nature. God has written the path to find him into creation. And by following the order of creation, it's possible to know, it's possible to know without any revelation that there is a God. It's possible by natural knowledge alone to know that God exists. Now, God doesn't just leave us with that. Rather, he then reveals himself to us. Instead of saying, well, if you find out that I exist, good for you, gold star, he tells us that he exists. He tells us who he is. He reveals himself to us. He makes himself known. God is looking for us more than we're looking for him. God is in search of us. He wants us to know him. This is not meant to be a hidden thing. If you just, you're driving along Stanley Street and you know the password, you could get in the doors if you happen to know what's happening. No, we publicize when our masses are. We publicize what's going on because this is not a hidden thing. God wants to be known. He's in search of us. He wants to make himself known to us, but not to us alone. And this is our second point that we see in St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. 
It was not made known to people in other generations as has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? The Gentiles is not a specific nation. Gentiles is anybody that's not Jewish. If you're not Jewish, if you weren't born Jewish, if you're not part of the race of Abraham, you're a Gentile. And you too can receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, for us today, this is important because God is making himself known, but not just to the church people, but those people out there. God wants them to know him too. And they can receive baptism and grace and forgiveness of their sins. This is not just a clique of us who are here, our secret club. And if too many people come in, then the club gets, the secret club gets ruined. Right now, maybe because of seating capacity and COVID. But um, overall, like, no. Who can receive the gospel? Anyone can receive the gospel. Anyone can find salvation in Jesus Christ. Those people over there, those people, you people, right? That's one of the worst politically incorrect, oh, you people, right? Like, no, yeah, you people can receive the gospel. You people can meet Jesus Christ. There's no brand of church people that these are the acceptable people in a church who look like me, who act like me, who think like me. Rather, you people can receive the gospel. I'm being very careful where I'm pointing every time I say this, right? But you people can receive the gospel. You people can find salvation. The Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body. God's salvation is open to everyone. Nobody is excluded. And that we have to be a church um, which lives that. That we want all people, whether they, again, whether they look like us, whether they sound like us, whether they think like us, to meet our Lord Jesus Christ, to receive his epiphany, his manifestation to come to know and love him. But then that brings us to our third point. For us, and for the Gentile, for those people, for you people, for whoever it is, is that after the Magi come, what do they do? They, they worship our Lord. This is what we bring people here to do, to worship our Lord. That they find the child Jesus and they prostrate themselves. Here are these wise college professorial type people who have been following this star and have these great gifts. And they find this little baby and they prostrate themselves, um, putting their face to the ground in worship, in adoration. We don't bring people here just to get our church numbers up, not to get our offertory up, not just to pat ourselves on the back for, you know, whatever. We bring people into our church so that they can worship the true God and meet him and know him and love him. And then what do we hear? Having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. That when people come to know our Lord, and no matter what situations of sin or difficulty or whatever we find ourselves in, that we depart by another way. Just because we're open to everyone doesn't mean that you come in here and you don't have to do anything and you don't have to change. No, we should all meet our Lord. We should all worship before him. We should all prostrate ourselves in worship and adoration of the one true God. And then we all, each and whatever way we need conversion, go home by a different road. We go home changed, transformed, converted. 
these are the two sides. Of, you know, there's one side of a church which wants to say, come on in, we're not going to ask anything of you, you're great just the way you are, gold stars. And then there's another one which wants to say, none of you people are welcome here because none of you are good enough, right? And we need to be right in the middle of that, which is, yes, everyone, come in, every single person, we want you here. But to worship the true God, and then each of us needs to convert. Each of us needs to walk out of this church different than the way that we walked in, more dedicated to our Lord, more willing to put aside our sins, to let go of them, to convert from them, and to love God and live the life of heroic sanctity. And so this is today what we celebrate in the Epiphany, that God makes himself known to us. He's in search of us. This gospel message is open to all people, but that each of us, as we approach the newborn Christ, needs to worship and be converted, going home by a different way, going home changed, striving to live holiness and virtue in a new and different and greater way in our lives. And so today on this, our Lord's Epiphany, we ask him for this grace um, to really live what he teaches us in this feast so that we, having worshipped him, we too can depart for our homes, going out of this church, changed, living to be great saints in the midst of the world.